this is definitely an explicit version that we got going on right now. Oh, we cussed one time. It's all right. I think we cussed a good two or three times, but maybe we should only count. That's what, that's what they want. That's what the people want. Well, you know, if you're going to make it explicit, you might as well go one side. You know, no, none of this in-between stuff. Hey, ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, starting your day with a little bit of rap music definitely turns it up a little bit of a notch. But again, let's leave the F-bombs and all those other things out of this. F*** that. <laughs> and welcome to the Inner Miami Podcast, everybody. <laughs> I'm Jake Kington, down here in South Florida. I got Mr. Alex Papa George all the way in sunny Southern California. Ah, uh, Jay, by the by the looks of my clock right now, it's 11:30, meaning 2:30 over there. You're definitely about six beers deep. No, not quite that much. Maybe eight. We are gonna work on it though. We got I got a whole bunch of packing to do. I'm not looking forward to it. Is that I'm mean? actually gonna. Dude, it's gonna be the first time we're both in California for Christmas. Imagine that. See, where are you headed again? Nevada City, Nevada, California, place where dreams are made and bodies go to Yeah, dude, I'm going to have to bring like a pocket knife in case I get attacked by a bear because we're literally staying in the middle of the forest. Chances of that happening are probably nine out of ten. I'm going to have to throw some Judy's on them. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Help us all. Help us all. It's holiday season. (laughs) It is. Yes. With that, happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays in general, whatever you celebrate. I hope you celebrate it well, spend some time with family, with friends, and truly enjoy it. It is in the holiday spirit that we bring a little uh, bonus gift today where we mentioned on last episode, but we actually uh, had a chance to speak with Simon Lair, uh, the director of Exile 2 Expansion. Great, great film. Uh, it'll be in the uh, bio of this show will be the link to click on that and watch that. If you haven't already, check it out. It covers really uh, about what a 30-year span now, a 20-some year span now. Uh, really well done, and we really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really exciting to get the chance to talk to him. And I know the the, the documentaries, if you haven't seen it, it includes folks like uh, Mayor uh, Suarez, Don Garber, Jim Rooney and a few other folks like Michelle Kaufman, who I know in the interview he'll talk a bit about, seems like her being instrumental through the process and being a beat writer for the Miami Herald. So I'm really excited to bring you here this exclusive interview. Um, And that being said. Uh, And also uh, Ray Hudson, the amazing, amazing uh, commentator and coach for uh, Miami Fusion. You said Alexi Lawless, some big names in there, um, and you know, and some people that were just kind of with the process the entire time. You got Uncle Ed in the video, so it was, it was definitely very, very good. Uh, we don't really have too much news. We'll just cover, I guess, the the bit that we do on the the uh, the back end of this. But yeah, without you know further ado, let's go. Just go get into this interview and um, you know talk to Simon about this work. Yeah, enjoy all. All right, we got Simon Lair uh, joining us now, the director of the short film. XL2 expansion that we shared on our social media as well. It will be in the link in this episode's uh, details as well. It's been spreading like wildfire. It has been. It's been. A, it's honestly a, a very well constructed film. Why don't you crack one open for our boy Simon? Should we crack one open? Uh, it's ahead. a little bit early, but there uh, it's go. never too early for some Three Kings homebrew. Never too early. Never too early. Simon, Simon. welcome to the pod, bud. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited. 
Yeah, man. Well, we're excited to have you here on the show today. Um, it was funny when we got into the podcast, you know, last week, we actually had a few people reach out to us directly and say, hey, you know, I just checked out the video on the page. Uh, awesome. So, you know, I know that we've even heard some feedback about the video, but, you know, I guess kind of, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what inspired you to make the film, you know, in the first part. Yeah, totally. So it started out um, originally actually as a class project. Um, I'm a senior at the University of Miami, and as broadcast journalism students, uh, we're supposed to take this, you know, high-level, um, long-form filmmaking production course. And uh, at the beginning of the class, you know, everybody pitches an idea as to what the class is going to hone in on and actually focus on for these four months that you're, you know, in the class and trying to put some long piece together. Um, and my pitch was, you know, there's a soccer team that's coming to Miami. And in these four months between August and December, you know, there's going to be a lot developing, a lot going on, uh, particularly at the time um, they were going into the first vote of what wound up being two within a month of the Miami Freedom Park, you know, vote at the Miami City Commission, which we thought we might be able to base the story around a little bit. Um, so, yeah, you know, from from day one, you know, <laughs> Uh, this really was not anywhere near just me. It was me and eight others. Uh, the other executive producer on it, Daniel DeBilliers, is incredible behind the camera. Um, we call him Pooch. And, <laughs> you know, between between me and Pooch, you know, we really, from day one, committed ourselves to doing this as more than just a class project, turning it into something that we can, you know, put on our, for, our, our portfolios uh, while also allowing this whole community of people that are down here that have been, you know, really hungry for soccer over the last 20, 25 years to, uh, you know, enjoy this piece. And uh, hopefully we're going to be able to continue to flesh it out a little bit more. Um, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Simon um, and Pooch. Simon and Pooch. Oh, that like sounds that. like a deadly <laughs> sounds combination like, right there. Sounds like a great movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so where, did you grow up a soccer fan or was this more of just like an opportune, you know, thing that popped up that you thought would be a good thing to make a film about? Um, well, I'm a big sports fan. I've always been. Um, soccer, obviously, in the, in the United States is not as uh, relevant per se, mm -hmm. some of the other, you know, top sports, NFL, NBA, MLB are the three that obviously, you know, everybody says are the big three, whatever. But I think the MLS in the last 10 or 15 years has done a great job of, you know, finally being able to permeate um, what up until now has been kind of like a stagnant market. You know, there's these four major sports and everybody at some point tries to crack in and be that fifth sport. And MLS finally, I think, has done that where now you don't think of it as four, you think of it as five major sports in the U.S., and MLS is right there with them. Um, and a big part of that and a big part of my awareness of the MLS started with David Beckham when he came to the MLS in 2000. Yep. I don't remember exactly what year that was. 2007. But, uh, 2007, so I thought it was actually to, to the LA Galaxy. Um, and for me, that got me a little interested in the MLS. And then when um, New York City actually got its own team, NYCFC, they played Yankee Stadium. Oh, I, grew yeah. up, I grew up you know, five minutes away from Yankee Stadium. So I would go to their games, and I liked the atmosphere there, but I felt like, you know, the, the culture up there is very... Uh, I, I, Yankees I, or I, die. It is Yankees or die. It's uh, also... It's also we have to do explicit. I feel like... The, <laughs> do we? I, I, I think so. I think Jay just dropped a little bomb. Uh, Die's not a bomb. Uh, were you, a, were you a fan of, like, any international soccer? I mean, it's obviously awesome to see, like, the expansion for NYCFC because it's kind of like that sister team to Manchester City. Like, is that, you know, right. Well, what I was going to say is that, you know, the, the culture up there, I liked it, but it's just not a passionate soccer fan base. It's people yeah. who are going to a game because, you know, it's something to do. It's a Yankee stadium. It's probably close by. Um, most of those people, even the people who are in the supporter section, which I would be in pretty much every game, um, they're passionate, but you can tell the soccer knowledge, the soccer history just really isn't there. 
um, mm. when Inter Miami was announced, and I started to, you know, learn about this team a little bit. I did a small, like, side class project on them uh, last semester, and when I started looking into them, I realized, you know, this team has serious potential, not just on the field, but the way that they market themselves and the way that David Beckham has kind of gone about his business with Jorge Mas and reaching out to not just this local community, but also turning Inter Miami into a global brand is something that I think is really impressive and something that uh, is definitely going to permeate once they start playing. Yeah, 100%. totally. This is the right environment. I don't know if you've been to any like the international soccer games that come to uh, like Hard Rock, mm-hmm. but I mean, mm-hmm. everyone comes out, they're banging drums, they're having fun, they're singing songs. It is, it is definitely a big, big uh, cultural aspect of South Actually, Korea. you have. I've, I've been to the, uh, there was a Columbia, I'm trying to remember who they were playing. It was a big matchup. It was Columbia versus was Brazil. I think it was Brazil, Brazil, but Neymar, yeah. but Neymar was, was like in Col- September or something, right? It was in September, yeah. Hamas Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love Colombia. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I mean, a ton of Colombians down here. They, they love Hamas in the, in the national team as well. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. But And then again, you know, up in New York, I, I've been to a few at MetLife Stadium where it's just, it's really not the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, it sounds like that this stemmed from even a project that you were doing at school. Was there a specific audience that you were trying to, you know, I guess, reach? Yeah. I mean, at first, you know, the audience was my class and my teacher and trying to get a good grade. Um, <laughs> and then I realized, you know, what, very, well, I got to ask, what was the grade you got? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Better be an error. That's all <laughs> Right, cool. I'll write a strong worded letter to your to your teacher. <laughs> no, he uh, he actually was very helpful throughout the project too. you know, understanding Good. that obviously while this was for a class, we wanted right. we had great aspirations for it. Um, uh, I think what really helped us off in the beginning, you know, we were brainstorming how we were going to approach this whole thing. Obviously, we had all uh, the, my team uh, mostly was kids who I've worked with before on the UM student run TV station. It's called UMTV. Um, and we all run this sports show. It's called Sports Desk. So we've all worked together before. It's eight of us um, who all kind of knew, you know, which uh, which areas each of us, you know, excelled in and had a little bit more expertise in. Um, and like I mentioned, Pooch behind a camera is just incredible. And this other kid, Brian Acevedo, who worked on it with us as well, uh, the two of them, you know, running the show behind the camera made me really realize, you know, this thing is going to look <laughs> far beyond uh, a class project. Uh, and that got me thinking, you know, how do we expand this into – something where, you know, we can reach a community of people who would be very interested in this subject. Um, and, you know, from the feedback that I've gotten in the last week or so since we put it on uh, on YouTube and put it out there, you know, it seems like a lot of people at least have been <laughs> kind of dying to hear this story told. Um, and I'm glad that we that we were able to do that. Yeah, um, it was an awesome story. Um, is In question, I mean, you know, the, the conversations and people that you had on the film, they were pretty, you know, prominent people. Like, were, were there any challenges when you were trying to set up these conversations or were they pretty open to the idea of, you know, going, you know, making this film with you? Yeah. So in the beginning, um, we had one big source consultant uh, and that's Michelle Kaufman of the Miami Herald. Okay. Uh, she is a beat writer for the team. I guess she's not technically uh, a beat writer yet. If there's... She, she was <laughs> on I mean, the film, right? Yeah, she was on the film, and she's, yeah. you know, she's all over the place with scoops. If you're on her Twitter, you know, she is ahead of the beat for sure. Awesome. Um, and she, you know, from the beginning, I've had her before. She actually teaches one class at the University of Miami. It's the best class you could take there for sure. Uh, it's called sports reporting, and I took that last year, and I absolutely loved it. And I know, you know, obviously she's very well informed about this subject, so I reached out to her in the beginning and said, you know, any any help you're able to give us throughout this process, we would love it. Um, so she turned into one of our narrators throughout the story because obviously she is – 
you know, pretty much an expert on the issue. Um, and then she, you know, just for months was feeding us stuff. There was this soccer expo um, called Soccer X in Aventura a couple months ago. And we got, you know, pretty much a one-on-one sit-down interview with the commissioner of the MLS, Don Garber. We got one with Alexi Lalas that same day. Uh, Alexi Lalas, if you know anything about soccer in yeah. America, you know, you know who Alexi Lalas is. Um, and then Jorge Mas was speaking there and essentially laid out his vision for Inter-Miami um, on the stage that day, which we filmed. And that was, you know, another great opportunity for content. Um, in terms of challenges, the one big challenge that we did face was that the team was not willing or able to help us really at all. Uh, we did reach out pretty early on into the process, and they said that, you know, if this was going anywhere outside of the classroom, essentially they would not be able to assist us in any way. Um, and to me, you know, I was okay with that because I understand there's some protocols that are in place. Um, but it made our team realize, you know, this is an even greater challenge. We're covering a story about a team that doesn't necessarily want <laughs> the story told, or at least they didn't realize at the time maybe that they wanted the story told. But I think if they went back and, and watched it right now, you know, they would see um, how positive it is about them and how, you know, it really does uh, further the, the image, the public image that they are trying to push out there that I think they've been doing a really good job doing. Definitely. No, I, and I mean, their PR director is, uh, you know, she's on top of her game. So it's very hard to, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a, a pull a lot of information out of them. Uh, and, and you know, of course, we know firsthand, but um, right. no, it, it's very impressive just the the amount of individuals who were able to get on there and, and, and interview. And I mean, you know, it's uh, anyway, it's from like, you know, like Hudson, but also, you know, yeah, like, Alexi well. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's, it, we were very impressed with your work and the you. fact that you're able to get all these people in one project so thank you the uh, the hudson the backstory behind that was pretty cool we had you know that was very on uh very early on into the project we uh reached out pretty much first to ray hudson and to jim rooney the captain of the miami fusion and you know we asked them just if they'd be willing to do the project and they said yes they'd they'd both be willing to do an interview where's the best place to do it and you know my brain starts you know, turning and trying to figure out, you know, what the best setting would be. And uh, I think it was actually Ray Hudson's idea to do it at the Lockhart site. Um, so we went out there. Like it was early September, um, right around when they were starting the construction. It had just gone vertical. About a week earlier, it had just gone vertical. So they had that one little, you know, vertical stand up. Otherwise, it's just a whole big, flat, you know, land of <laughs> all these construction trucks just all over the place, dumping sand and all this. Uh, and Ray Hudson and Jim Rooney are right there where they used to coach and play back in the day. Um, so that was really cool. Cool experience for me. Definitely. Yeah, dude, I, I, I like just hearing his voice again was crazy because I just like there's <laughs> always been this embedded like commentary in my brain of him yelling magisterial. I don't know. I don't know where it started. Like if that was just like one goal, if that's just a, a saying of his. But like just hearing his voice again, it just I mean, reminded me so much of like just my younger self watching soccer. And, and I remember hearing that, that he's a very specific tone, you know? Yeah. He's iconic. He's uh, definitely unique. And during the editing process, actually, you know, when we're putting all, you know, it's so much footage to go through and put together um, to make this story. And uh, you know, that was a, a pretty long process. And throughout that process, if we were ever, you know, just a little bit, you know, getting a little slow or, you know, needed to pick me up, we would go to YouTube and we'd look up Ray Hudson commentary videos of him just absolutely screaming every time somebody oh, he's so <laughs> fiery he is so fire he's more inter- like the game will be entertaining by itself but you when you add a little ray hudson in there it, it, it elevates it you know uh, it takes it to a whole new level for sure yeah definitely um so like is there anything next will there be a sequel or you know kind of what are your thoughts around that because this is a 
a story. I mean, honestly, it, it is cemented that we're having the team come, but it is still in its infancy, right? So definitely, there's so much that's going to come after this. Do you have any visions or any, uh, you know, other films or ideas that you have uh, around the club? I do. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer not to think of it as a sequel so much as a continuation of the story that we've already been, been putting together. I don't really think of what we've done so far as a finished product necessarily because I think that, um, you know, so much of the story tells the journey starting really with the Miami Fusion, which is a 25-year journey of trying to bring a sustained soccer team to Miami. Um, and that journey is not going to be over for at least another three months. I want at least to be at uh, that first home game on March 14th, see what the crowd's like, uh, see, you know, maybe an overhead shot of the, just the atmosphere that day. Um, obviously, that's going to be a sellout, but it's going to be more than a sellout. It's going to be an atmosphere unlike really anything that you've ever seen. This this city has been starved for a long time of something that they really want. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It, it, it will be amazing. And the good news about being down here is, you know, in Pompano, they've got the Goodyear blimp uh, in that big hangar. So I would I would be... I would imagine they would at least bring that out and come over Lockhart oh, yeah. just to see that environment. So we're, I know we're excited. We're Everyone we've talked to your blimps out there. Yeah. I mean, they should <laughs> paint it pink and black, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. You can really feel the excitement, you know, and I'm sure you felt it tenfold creating this film here. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess with the creation of, you know, exile to expansion, was there, you know, an underlying line message or, or kind of point that you wanted to get across to the audience? Um, yeah, I mean, the problem with this, the, at least the problem that people think might happen with this team, um, is not really about the team itself. It's about the city of Miami and it's about the market. Um, a lot of people that I talk to who don't live in Miami, uh, think of Miami as a very fickle sports town, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people in Miami actually agree with that, uh, just in terms of if your team is not winning, uh, people are not going to come out and watch them play. Um, so I think a lot of the fan base of not not Miami people per se, but the fan base of soccer in general across the United States is a little skeptical, at least, of just Miami, the market itself, and not the team, and not the, the front office behind it. But I think when you go into the story and you look at all of the work that they've been putting in and the way that Jorge Mas has, you know, I mean, the city of Miami has done them no favors, essentially. They're not letting them build this stadium here yet, even though, you know, as the mayor kind of explains in this story, they really should be allowing them to do so. The, the public voted on it. A heavy majority uh, wanted it. And yeah. yet the city of Miami is still unable to, to provide that with them, at least for now. Yeah. Um, so, I love that comparison that you did with the Marlins Park. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's it's true because like the big companies do want to advertise down here. There's mm -hmm. a major market. So many people live down here. So many from Latin America where soccer is is life. It is religion. But the, the issue is like you have all these Florida teams like the Dolphins and the Marlins that they're just not good. Right. And like that's just the honest truth. And even the heat. You know, this year they seem to be swinging up, but for the most part, you would think in a in a dominant place like this that there would be that major sports fixture that everyone can gravitate to, and it's just not there right now. But I think with soccer, given the love and passion that they came up with, you know, their whole lives, and now in Miami, or if you've been down here and you're a soccer fan, as long as we have a decent squad, I really think it could be the yep. biggest thing, the biggest win. sports team in Miami. In South I, Florida. I totally agree. And I think if you if you hone in on that Marlins comparison, part of the reason why they are always so pretty awful is because 
you know, it's like a symbiotic relationship. When the fans don't come, they don't have the money, they don't have the revenue to actually pump into the team. So then when new ownership comes in, like Derek Jeter and that group, they felt like their their hand was forced, even though they actually had a great roster in 2017 when he came in there. Like, and he, If he kept all them together, I bet you the Marlins probably would have been a playoff team. Um, but again, regardless, like they're not putting butts in seats. Like mm-hmm. That's because people down here don't necessarily care about baseball as much. People down here care about soccer, and there has not been a team in the city of Miami, at least in the city limits, that has ever allowed the population to, to you know up and show that. I don't think Fort Lauderdale is going to be necessarily the best best location for them over the next couple of years. But if they move to Miami, how could they not be the biggest thing down here? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. So we would we would kind of disagree with that statement because I think the first few years being in Fort Lauderdale is actually great because then you'll be able to attract people from West Palm, totally. Miami, or Lauderdale. So you can kind of grow that base, and then once they move to their permanent home, wherever that be in right. Miami you've like secured that those fans, you know, it's so easy to get here. It is a great kind of converging point. Um, But obviously, you know, it is a Miami team. So my, and and anyone that lives in Miami wants that team to be there. And like everyone totally gets that, but it's kind of a unique opportunity to really kind of grow in the infancy. And then when they move down there, it'll be huge throughout the state. Yeah. I would love to know how, how their marketing team is, you know, approaching that because there are so many different kind of, you know, segments around this area and they're all very, um, none of them are similar in terms of the population, really. Obviously the city of Miami is a lot different, um, diversity wise than, you know, the Palm beach areas and, and yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, soccer's grown in America, whether yeah. you're watching EPL, Bundesliga, La Liga, or MLS. Well, it doesn't matter. It's so, called yeah. Inter Miami. It's not called Inter Fort Lauderdale. No, it's so, not called Inter Fort Lauderdale. Our way to the yeah, exactly. But it, it's growing. And, you know, obviously, like Latin America, again, religion is football, basically, right? right. But, you know, for a lot of you know, greater America, soccer's growing and growing. But again, you know, you got your big three that we've already, you already mentioned, you know, that they kind of home to. So it takes time to grow a, a sport like this, especially something that can compete with other leagues uh, in the world. But it seems like it's starting to kind of snowball. You know, it's been a slow process, but it seems to be picking up and picking up. And more and more, uh, you know, superstars around the world have expressed interest in coming to the MLS at some point. So, we're, you know, I think they're trying to change it from a place where people go to retire uh, to where people go when they're, you know, maybe just leaving their prime or even in their prime and, and you know, wanting to build something exciting for, for America. Absolutely, and we're going to see that on day one for Inter Miami. They're playing Carlos Vela, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like we said, zero hundred real quick. We're gonna nope. we're going after the best team, so it'll be fun. Then you know, Galaxy first home game, and and they you know just released the schedule. So look, man, it's gonna. It, I promise you, we'll have some preseason games in February, but March will be here before any of us realize it, and it's gonna be full takeoff. And man, we're gonna love it. I know the whole South Florida community is gonna love it, but. Uh, we really appreciate you know you coming on and, and just talking a bit about the film. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. We shared it on social media. It'll be in the description uh, of this episode. So just check yeah. that out. Exile to expansion. Exile to expansion. Simon Lerer, uh, or Lair rather, and Pooch. And Pooch. <laughs> Shout and out Pooch. Pooch. Hey, and we're gonna be at the uh, the first pregame. Three Kings is is giving us a a, a keg. So. Simon, bring Pooch. We'd love, love to meet him as well. Yeah, for sure. Come drink some of those Three Kings with us. That invite's open to anyone who's at that stadium wanting to have fun. Uh, but again, man, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. And watch out for part two. For sure, it's coming. Awesome, man. Definitely. Thanks, bud. We'll talk thank to you, you soon. Guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Bye.
And right there you had it. That was Simon Lair, um, creator, innovator, and visionary of Exile 2 Expansion. And as he mentioned in the interview, it will not be a one and done. It seems like that there's going to be a follow-up as the story of Inner Miami continues to write itself. It seems like we'll be brought some visuals by Mr. Simon here. I hope so. And I look forward to that. I really do. Uh, again, great, great short film, about 20 minutes long. Check the bio of this episode. It's going to be in the description. Click the link. Watch the video. It's a well-spent 20 minutes for sure. Absolutely, especially over the holiday season when you have a little bit of time to yourself. You know, Go ahead and enjoy that. As Jay mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, the link to that video is going to be on the description of this episode as well as it's still floating around on our Facebook page. It is. It is. Spend it. I mean, that's a good 20 minutes to spend. It really will bring you up to speed if you're just now jumping in, trying to get your feet wet with all this news. Uh, and speaking of which, not a ton of news, but we did get some you know, exciting stuff. They've, they've released the full season schedule finally, which is great. Uh, we won't dive too much into this now because I know, you know in the following episode, we're going to have uh, Mr. Max Ramos on, uh, VP of Operations for the Siege Supporters Group, to come kind of do a little analyzing of that schedule. Uh, but the only other thing I did want to mention that was fairly, uh, I guess, kind of big-ish news is that I've seen multiple reports now that things are really falling into place to uh, to get Luis, uh, or sorry, uh, uh, David Silva over here in June uh, once his contract is up. So he won't be here for the start of the season, uh, but he would be able to join in on that that second half of the season, really, which would be obviously a great, great piece. He's one of the first kind of rumors we we covered i think in this you know series that we've done but uh again everything seems to be falling into place nothing set in stone but it just seems like it's it's more and more likely to happen so I, that's really you know the majority of the news since uh since our last episode yeah which is really exciting um i mean that's the big name player that we think we've all been waiting and hoping for so you know it's a dirty left foot that's the dirty left foot we've been looking for. So as Jay mentioned, you know, we'll have Max on uh, the next pod going over the schedule. And if that name does ring a bell, uh, he's actually he was actually our first guest we ever had on the podcast. He was. He was the the inaugural guest. Yeah. Big ups to Max. That dude. Dude's awesome. We talk. Damn. Probably like every day, every other day or so, too. So yeah. he's always down to, to kind of chat about things. Real big supporter of the podcast. Um, which is awesome. We're glad, glad to have him back here. And that brings me to something that we didn't talk about. But if you don't follow us on social media, um, we've been making some cool little progresses on that. Again, the website is still TBD until our coach is decided. So hopefully that is soonly launched and named. But if you don't follow us, go ahead and do so on Instagram, Facebook, Inner Miami Podcast. That's us. Um, or direct us, directly shoot us a DM or an email. Exactly. We say it every episode. It's so easy. Just follow us, message us on Facebook, message us on Instagram, DM the shit out of us. Oh, there we are again. Email us. We respond. Good or bad, we'll respond. Uh, but again, happy holidays, everyone. We will be enjoying this time. Uh, we wanted to give you something, though, a little early Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa gift for you. Uh, we'll be back, though, after the holiday break in uh, full force. We got some exciting, exciting stuff coming up. Uh, I know we mentioned briefly in the last episode, but even more stuff is coming. So Pipeline's really looking good. Really happy to be able to bring more and more quality content to all the fans out there. Yeah. Be nice to your family. You only got one of them. Drink the booze. Make it tolerable. Do what we all do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Life lessons from Uncle Papa. <laughs> 
All right, y'all. But in all seriousness, have an awesome holiday season. And Jay and Alice will be back soon uh, with the next episode. Indeed. Adios, amigos. Happy holidays. Bye, everyone.